Hello again and welcome to another week of Movie Magpies. This week we will be talking about the 2019 A24 film, The Farewell. As always, I'm your host, Will, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Monique. Now without any further ado, let's just get straight into it. So Monique, for those who do not know, what is The Farewell? Well. The Netflix summary of The Farewell is a Chinese-American woman learns that her grandmother is dying but is forced to keep it a secret during an impromptu wedding organised in China. Yeah, and ultimately, based on last week, I think this is definitely a way better summary. I think it gets the idea a whole lot. Yeah, the summaries of movies can be really hit or miss, I suppose. This one is really good because it tells you exactly what the film is about without telling you what I consider to be a bit of a twist in the movie, so. Yeah, absolutely. I think it it gives away enough for everyone to know the context going into the film without it giving away too much or the genuinely amazing story writing that is encompassed in this film. So straight off the bat, I just want to say this film is incredible. Just in the way it does a great deal. It is a it is based on a true story. It's actually based on a true lie based from the director Lulu Wang's actual life and a lie that her family told during a certain period of time. So it has this it has this raw honesty to it that we've praised in films like The Big Sick, but it still manages to contain so much cinematic brilliance that draws me into it personally more than anything else. That's why I really, really like this film and I really wanted to talk about this film soon. I truly agree with you. This movie is amazing. It's gorgeous to look at and the content is so important. I just cannot praise this movie enough and I'm almost upset that I'd never seen it before we watched it for the podcast. I mean, it was always on my list to watch, but actually getting around to do it... I think people are are steered away from films like this in a big part because of the presence of subtitles. And this was going to be the first question I wanted to ask you, is the fact that it was... It is predominantly in subtitles because this is a film that is set mostly in China. Did that make it more difficult for you to enjoy? It didn't make it more difficult for me to enjoy. I am quite used to having subtitles on just because in my family we usually use subtitles for the more hard of hearing in the family and also I've always been an avid watcher of anime so it's not something that bothers me. I actually think that the fact that they use subtitles and don't shy away from using and speaking in a different language in the movie is really, really integral to how real the overall story feels. And of course, it's based yeah. on a real story, so it's always going to feel real. But it really just helps immerse you that extra step. Yeah, absolutely. I, but would you would you agree that I feel that a great number of people who are probably more hesitant to watch this film or give this film a try their biggest source of hesitation is probably from the presence of subtitles and that there is no dubbed version and i think personally a dubbed version would definitely ruin this film it would and there is a bit of a language barrier there i was about to say that because we take notes of course whenever we watch something for the podcast 
it did make it a little difficult to sometimes you'd go to write something and someone would start talking and you'd be like, that's not English, I have to pay attention. And you would like abandon whatever you were writing yeah. just to make sure you didn't miss anything. So it can be a bit difficult at times, especially if you're someone that can't focus on something fully. But it's, I believe it's worth it. Yes, it can be difficult for some, but if you can get through that barrier, then I think you yeah. really enjoy the movie for it. I was going to say that my recommendation for it is that even with the subtitles, I think the film does an incredibly good job of easing you into it. And you will, I think if you, you're willing to watch this film, you're going to adapt to the presence of subtitles to the point where, for me, I genuinely found that you get so ingrained with the sense that you're looking for subtitles and listening to the Chinese language that in points where the English language, well, the English talking is brought in without warning, you almost aren't prepared for it. And, you're, and sometimes you might need to go back to just check what people were saying in English because you're so prepared to hear it for Chinese and to look for subtitles. And I think that's such a brilliant job in making the characters compelling and the language so easily pick upable and the subtitles so easy to pick up that in points where English is brought back in, you actually are unprepared for it. Yeah, and... I think one of the best examples of that is right at the start when yeah. Billy is speaking to her nai on the phone, and at the very end of the call she um, switches back to English and says, okay, I love you, and her nai says it back in English, and yeah. I remember for a second there I was like, what? Sorry? Pardon? because I was so used to reading the subtitles and they went away that I almost wasn't listening. Yeah, just so for people who haven't seen this, we should probably give just a quick rundown of the main characters or the main playing characters in this. So you said Nai Nai. Nai Nai mm -hmm. is the grandmother of, of our main film, character. Of our main character, Billy, who uh, Nai Nai is the one that they're keeping the secret from that mm -hmm. she is. She has late stage lung cancer or just lung cancer. And because yeah, she, she is very old, cancer. it is very unlikely that she'll survive. Mm -hmm. And yeah. of course, this is sort of where we get to the fact that Billy is forced to keep this a secret. There's a wedding that's been organized, but the wedding is, of course, an excuse for everybody yeah. to and farewell Nai Nai without her realizing that that's what they're doing. Yeah, and it's, it's one of... because the main reason for this excuse to be used is because we find out that her two sons, Billy's father and uncle, moved away from China, one of which to Japan and one of which Billy's family moving to America. So they're all separated across the globe and this excuse of a wedding is the perfect reason to bring everyone back together and the belief that a traditionally Chinese family should have their wedding in China where Nai Nai can experience it and be involved gives them a perfect opportunity for her last moments to them to be happy which yeah. is the, which is the main motivation to keep the secret from her in this film there is a very strong belief from both from both Billy's dad and Billy's uncle that they keep the secret because they want her to be happier in her last moments. And I think one of the quotes that really gets to me is they say they have a saying, which is, it's not the cancer that kills you, it's the fear, which is a really powerful statement, just because, of course, if you find out you have a terminal illness, you go into a different mindset, of course, yeah. about uh, how you live your life. And I love that that's 
that's their reasoning is to give her a more quality of life while she still has time left and without going too in depth I wanted to just say that all of these characters are incredibly beautifully in depth and I think it's what gives this film so much life because we just like in our review of Spirited Away we're given very little exposition into the dynamics of this family which is for the most part of this film our family is the new world that we step into but we are given very little verbal exposition about the lives that they have lived or the their familial bonds and we're expected to adapt and pick it all up but mm-hmm. because of, because every single character and I genuinely mean this every single character has so much depth and characterization to them because they're based on real people of course but with that still said they're written so well that you feel yourself growing to be attached to every single one of them in a variation of different ways and you don't blame any of them for the decision that they've made of keeping this secret or you don't even feel any kind of conflict with Billy because she feels wrong about doing this. You understand completely everyone's perception and everyone's reason for doing this and I find that incredibly clever in how they manage to do that and have conflicting opinions and ideologies when it comes to this one specific issue. Would you agree that they do a really good job of making sure that there's no person or character in the film that becomes an antagonist and yeah. it's really the diagnosis itself Yeah, that was that, that was going to be my my lead on to the next point is that it's just there's no bad guy in this film of course because this is the real life this is the real world and there are no bad guys necessarily in a family that's just trying to do the best for their grandmother Mm -hmm. so yeah it's the characterization in that sense is just so good because you understand everyone's reasons even the the furthest well the strongest stance on this being billy's uncle he has the strongest stance on this, but you also understand why he does. And then throughout the film, every single character is really interesting to watch. And the cinematography of this film, which is my next point that I won't go into too much detail about until our in-depth conversation, but the cinematography lends to this incredibly well because it allows for the family to be viewed as if it was a landscape. And a lot Mm. of the shots are done in a wide shot so that the family members can be crammed into each frame so they can but also given enough space so that they can go about their lives and do various different little things that gives their gives their characters depth while while the conflict well not while the conflict while the subject or the main focus of the story is going on sorry yeah no no that's quite all right what i was gonna say is i really like the way that these shots are framed just because to me, it makes a very, very crowded family space yeah. feel cozy and welcoming instead of like they're struggling to fit everything in. I think it was you who mentioned while we were watching the movie, you, who else would it be? <laughs> I think you mentioned that they do a lot with a little space yeah. and make use of... Because a lot of this film takes place in small apartment spaces mm-hmm. so they, they do they do a lot with that that lack of space in a sense i'll talk about it more because our pointless research is about cinematography this week mm-hmm. so i don't want to talk too much about it because i'm going to be talking to death about it in the pointless research but 
yeah, they managed to do a great deal with very little space, and that space in turn allows for the film to have a more cozy or, in some situations, claustrophobic vibe which really lends well to this film. Mm -hmm. But moving on from cinematography, before we talk too much about it, one of the <laughs> more interesting things about this, with The Prestige last week being a film that had a soundtrack that was incredibly subtle and almost subdued, mm -hmm. we have a soundtrack in The Farewell that is unapologetically unique. So I wanted to ask you about this because you noticed this before I did that how did you feel about the soundtrack that was used in The Farewell? I believe that the music or even just the sound cues in this movie are used really really well to make you pause and sit in the emotions that the characters are feeling with them. So there are a lot of silences in this movie which of course when you're in a big family setting there can be a few awkward silences that's just the way that getting together as a family works. And what they do in these moments is they take the music away, which really helps let the viewer, who is of course living this with the family as it goes, you very much feel, especially because of the way they use sound cues and the way they use where they use their music versus where they don't that you are there in the moment sitting with the family experiencing the awkwardness for yourself which I really really enjoy. Yeah that's fair. I think this film does a really good job of almost I think the soundtrack almost audibly exposits emotion. Mm-hmm that's in, a really good way of putting it. In that it it almost exaggerates the emotion that is intended within the scene and then plays it out through a almost instrumental or operatic tone and I find that is that's a really interesting and incredible way of delivering emotion so blatantly and simplistically that it works so well in a film that works on multiple subtle levels without going too far in any other direction it provides a soundtrack that is so honest with what it is intending to do that you believe it. Mm, mm -hmm. I really agree with you. The music in this movie is amazing and all it does is reinforce the emotions of a specific scene, which yeah. it's exactly what you want from a soundtrack in a movie. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to, as we're at a point in the film where we've given a lot of insight into the cinematography and the soundtrack, I wanted to quickly talk about the main character more specifically in a more specific lens in that Billy is a main character that provides us with a means of learning or a means of leaning into a culture that we're not fully aware of but also doing it in a way that she doesn't appear as a fish out of water or make her come across as a newcomer to this culture. She's lived in this culture but from a very young age and then was removed from it later on in life. Well early on in life and then grew up in America and because of it we have a main character who almost grounds us but doesn't allow us to detach ourselves from the subject of the film mm -hmm. which I find I find really nice in terms of a screenwriting perspective it's this character who isn't an outsider to this world so we're not learning with her but she is learning new things about the world that she once knew and how it has changed and we get to feel that through her reaction to it. Yeah, and 
I really love Billy as a character. I yeah. mean, I quite like Aquafina as an actor as Absolutely. well. So I was always going to have a bit of a soft spot for whatever character she was playing. But Billy really does feel like a fleshed out character, which of course could be because this movie is based on a real story. Yeah, absolutely. But I really do love how unapologetically herself she is while still, you know, abiding by the cultures that she lives in, whether that be while she's in America or while she's in China. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for the purposes of this story, she is the perfect subject to follow the film through in that she is mostly the only one who openly objects to the idea of what they're going to do, but is unwilling to be the only one to stand out against it. And her reasons for going to China are her own, but she's also active in her decision in that she wants to see Nai Nai and she wants to be there with them, but she's also still conflicted with the decision that the family has already made, and has made without her, to be fair, as well. So there's this sense that she almost feels disconnected from her own family, and Aquafina does an incredible job of presenting that through her acting and through her emotions and through how she visually responds to the information that she's given. Mm. She's not a passive character by any means. No, absolutely not. She's actively taking a role in this movie and making her own decisions. Yeah, and I think it's incredibly interesting to see because both of her parents, her mother, is far more strict and hard-lined with the information in that she's the one who tells Billy, while her father is far more passive and you can see these influences in her own life as Billy is still a clearly outspoken individual but also has these moments of not passivity but quietness when presented with overwhelming odds and in that sense when she comes back to her family in China she is a far more passive individual within the family dynamic at the start whereas in America you could sit and clearly see this difference where she was far more confident and open and vocal. Mm, and the interesting part about that is, of course, I noticed too how in America she seems quite outspoken, but when she gets yeah. to China she is a little more quiet. I also like that this doesn't just become from the fact that she is less of a leading character or per yeah, no. figurehead in the family. It also comes from the fact that at the very start of the movie, and in fact the whole way through the movie, it doesn't really get better for her. She's no, it's not struggling a... to hide her emotions yeah. from Nai Nai, and it's really refreshing to see a character who is strong, who is very confident in themselves when we are introduced to them, who is still struggling with these large emotions, which of course with information and news like this you would be. Yeah, but I also think that comes down to this more overarching presence within the film is that this it's a difference within cultures because commonly in China it is a more community-based culture mm -hmm. and we learn that through seeing it integrated within the farewell where 
many people, many families don't tell their loved ones that they're dying. But for Billy, who grew up predominantly in an American or an individualistic society, the conflict begins when she is brought back into this world and everyone is not necessarily okay with the decision, but everyone is has agreed to it. And in China, it is completely normal. It is a run-of-the-mill response to a situation like this. Whereas in America, it is illegal to do something like this. And she, she makes that very clear as well. But I find it very interesting as it's another... This subject is just another point in which Billy feels a disconnect from her family and it plays so visibly well through Aquafina's acting of her character in that because she was raised in, in an American society where it's more about the individual and individual needs and differences the thought of a cultural difference is is confronting despite it being normal and i find that incredibly compelling as a subject for film and i think the farewell pulls that up so incredibly well because throughout the film there's no stereotypical character arcs in this film because it's a film that's based on real life so people don't necessarily grow like in fairy tales and stories yeah but you still get this sense that there is so there is a very clear visible growth within characters not necessarily to change their ways or this film's not about billy changing the minds of her family it's about the family coming to terms with something that is a tragedy and can i just say i really really love this movie yeah for the fact that it isn't about changing the cultural ideas yeah absolutely i think that would be really misguided of the movie and based the the fact that it's based on a true story that it wasn't ever going to be that but it's so refreshing to see a movie that just celebrates almost the differences between the cultures rather than hitting them against each other it's a film more about accommodation than it is about adaption Mm -hmm. or adaptation and as a result the film feels more accepting it's also one of the things that i wanted to quickly talk about or more relatively talk about as we round out the review is that this film handles a dark subject matter that being not telling a grandmother that she's dying Mm-hmm. But it handles it in such a way where it is definitely melancholy, It's but it's not either sad or a comedy. And I think it tackles that so well in that it gives us a very clear understanding that this is real. This is a realistic... Well, this is a film based on real life and it doesn't want to go too far down the depressing, sad, someone is dying, there's nothing we can do about it tunnel. Yeah, I'm actually really curious to know... What would you describe this as if you had to put it in a genre? Uh, look, predominantly it's it's a drama. Mm-hmm. It carries a lot of dramatic weight to it, and I think that's why it fits more well within the drama genre. But I also would agree that it is definitely it has comedic moments, and I think nowadays, if if it has if a film has one or two jokes, then it can be counted as a comedy. But I do still think that the farewell actually handles comedy in a much more refreshing way than most modern comedies, anyway. So I would agree with the Wikipedia definition of it being a comedy drama, but. 
I, I would definitely have it lean more heavily into drama or even more sense just a melancholy slice of life. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. I would put this, especially because it is based in truth, yeah. on the more slice of life slash melancholic yeah. type of movie. The fact that it's a comedy drama feels almost... I don't know if this is the right word, but derivative, just because it does have That's such true. a heavy subject weight. Yeah. And to me, a drama has always been something that's heightened, that has... Yeah, absolutely. You know, soap opera or... Yeah, I think I think the genre terms definitely have been diluted to a point, but that's only because there have been so many films that have come out that these genres and categories have gotten too broad in a general sense. So ultimately their cl classifications work as descriptors, but I think this film is so beautifully unique that I don't think it matters how specifically we categorize it into any genre because it fits into a lot of different ones. It's definitely yeah. sad, it's definitely melancholy, but it's also got moments of genuine heartwarming joy and heartbreaking beauty that it could very well fit into a drama or a, or a comedy with certain exceptions, of course. But it's, it's just how films are nowadays. They've got to be more than just a simple genre. To work and I think this one does an incredible job of doing that because it is this beautiful exploration of so many things an exploration of culture and an exploration of of second generation third generation changes to culture and the prospect of losing someone you love and the fear of not being able to tell them or be there for them and all that stuff is encapsulated in, in this film and it's incredibly beautiful, incredibly heartbreaking and also incredibly heartwarming in so many moments and that's why this film works. I think one of the things that really resonates with me in this film is that it is such a mix in and a really well done, really beautiful mix of heartbreaking, melancholic upsetting but also comforting and uplifting yeah, it does a really good job a word. yeah it does a really good job of making you feel the emotions that the characters are feeling but in a very cathartic way this isn't a movie yeah. where you come out feeling worse it's definitely a movie that you come out of with this sort of understanding of yeah. the subject matter and this cathartic sort of relief I suppose would be the I'm searching for the words it's really hard to put this into words but it's a feel-good movie and yes it's sad but it's sad for a reason and it doesn't make you sad to make you despair yeah. it makes you sad to understand the film matter the, yeah but the it, film overall is a very comforting movie. Yeah, the film doesn't go out of its way to hurt you like some other films do with the intention of providing a dramatic narrative, but it goes out of its way to present a real story as best as it can. Well, telling a real story as best as it can in such a beautiful way, and because of that, this film was very highly regarded and was well-loved by many people and is still well-loved by many people 
just as a bit of statistics, I know it never matters the amount of money you profit from a film, but the film had a budget of about three million and mm. took home a box office profit of twenty three point one million. So arguably usually the rule for calculating success or profit is if it's double its budget it profited. So you can assume that this film did incredibly well. Yeah. As a result. It was a really successful film. And, and it I deserved think it's to be worth as well. Mentioning that it holds an approval rating of ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got an average eight point five out of ten on most rating websites as well. Yeah. People really, really loved this film. And I think the word that I was looking for before was poignant. It's a very poignant film. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you're hesitant about going into watching this film, if you if you listen to this podcast and think, yeah, I, you know what, I'm going to give it a try. It's 100 minutes long. It's genuinely not that long of a film. It is wholeheartedly worth watching. And I honestly mean that from the bottom of my heart. But with that said... Do you have any final thoughts, Monique, before we move on to the in-depth discussion? No, I think I've gotten everything out of the way. Excellent. Okay, so what would you give it on a score out of heartfelt goodbyes? My rating for this movie is a 9 out of 10 heartfelt goodbyes. It is a heartbreaking film, but it has that comfort and catharsis of family with the refreshing break from the normal Western norms that you would see in film. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it. I, however, decided that it was about time. This is one film that I feel deep in my soul, not only for personal reasons, but also because it is, like I'll say in the in-depth discussion, it is a masterclass in filmmaking in certain areas. We'll talk more about that then. But for me, I gave it a 10 out of 10, heartfelt goodbyes. It is a beautiful reflection of life, culture differences, and the beauty of family. So I felt that there was no way I wasn't going to give it such a high score. I really think this movie deserves the high score, (laughs) and I understand that in this rating system that we have, we don't really hold back our biases. We are quite honest in the way that we liked the film, rather than coming from a more critical standpoint, but I just can't praise this film enough. Yeah, it's an incredible piece of filmmaking, and I think it deserves all the praise it's gotten. But with that said, we're going to close out this week's review. If you liked it, let us know. You can contact us on Twitter with Monique at Nexitai. And for myself, you can contact me at Grey Mouse Inc. You can also contact me on Instagram at Will underscore Mortlock if you'd like to talk to me there. I do a few little cinematic things there. So if you want to check that stuff out, feel free. I'm certainly not quite as good as this stuff, but I am getting better. So I always love to hear feedback and just chat with people if they want to talk you say that that now william but you are definitely very talented oh we'll we'll see we're getting there (laughs) but with that said we'll close out if you'd like to listen to our in-depth discussion definitely watch the film first because it's worth watching and we're going to spoil the shit out of it please do watch the film In the in-depth review, we talk for around about an hour about the various little technical aspects and the nitty-gritty detail of story and characterization. So if you want to hear that stuff, definitely flick over to that. 
this week's pointless research, as I've as I've kind of hinted hinted at. Yeah, thank you very much. I've hinted at. Uh, we'll be talking about the cinematography of the farewell. But with all that said, see you next week. <laughs>